Hello, this is James Grumig with Decentralized Media. I'm here with Tracy White, my co-host on Beyond the Bible, and our first guest on episode six, Kevin Jenkins. And we're honored to have Kevin here. It's going to be a great show. Let's play. Let's start off with a video of what the World Economic Forum, of course, right? The bioweapon, the mRNA, was was discussed about using against humanity in 2015, five years before the biological attack. Let's get into it, people. So this is a precision tool that now allows uh, us to take this protein RNA complex and introduce it into cells or tissues to correct mutations at sites where we know there's a deleterious change in the genetic code. So I wanted to show you an example of how this can be utilized. This um, protein complex can actually be injected directly into fertilized eggs of a mouse and in the experiment, you'll see we're targeting a gene that is responsible for the black coat color in mice. And so normally these mice have beautiful, glossy black coats. And once we make this targeted change, we then implant these edited eggs back into a, a female mouse. And when she gives birth to pups, you'll see that the pups are now mostly white. And the remarkable thing about this experiment is that, that when these mouse mice grow up, you can test them and show that every cell in the body has this single genetic change that gives rise to the white coat color, but otherwise they're absolutely normal. So they are normal mice, no mutations elsewhere in the genome. This is a type of experiment that used to take a, at least a year to create a, a mouse like this, and now it can be done in a few weeks um, and by people that don't have to have special expertise. So this is a uh, technology has over the, it's been very exciting over the last two and a half years to see this technology taking off. These are publications in the scientific literature. It's been sort of exponential growth of publications, people using this technology for all sorts of applications. And so uh, some of these include making changes, in, targeted genetic changes in plants, in uh, fungi, in uh, animals that are important agriculturally, in animals that are important to us as pets, um, and also for, in thinking about human health, also uh, to do things like make changes in stem cells, which are cells that can give rise to new organs. Uh, also to make changes in animals that are important as uh, models of human disease, such as mice and monkeys. And we think within the not too distant future, it will be possible to actually use this technology to make changes in humans. Wow, that's what I got to say, Kevin. What are, what are your thoughts, Mr. Jenkins, on well, that video? You know, over the last couple of years, you know, you've heard me talk to you about this. They're attempting to write the DNA of our faith, right? They are actually, you know, going after God's grand design. So it's not a lot, not enough to 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 live on this planet and and to thrive on this planet and to live in abundance, whatever your faith might be or wherever you might live in on the world. They want to change what God created for us. We have all of the greatest assets and tools available to us to eat, to live, to thrive, to love. And they're hell-bent on changing all of that because they want to be our God. That's what nanotechnology is about. That's what it's all about. I mean, so, so if you talk about artificial intelligence, they now want to be our God. And I think that sensible people that have any spiritual sense about themselves understand that this is an attack on God's grand design. And when you hear someone so confidently say, we can change the DNA of a, of a mouse, 
and the mouse can be black and beautiful coat. And then after shooting this um, this toxic gene in them, they'll come out white. Well, that's not how God you know, wanted it to be. All of our creatures are created to create balance in the universe, the yin and the yang, you know, love and hate. I mean, it's complete balance. And what God expects us to do is to understand that he's given us the greatest assets, the greatest tools, the greatest world, the greatest ecosystem that we can thrive off of. And every day we get up, man is hell bent on destroying that. You know, the element of what a child is, the element of what a family is, the element of what social order is. And we've been buying this nonsense for so long. Even in the Catholic Church this morning, there's a, and I was reading um, in some of my documents, they're now there's an internal fight because they want to change the doctrine of what the Bible actually said to give some sort of credence to these popular cultural issues that never worked. I mean, this has been tried before and it's never worked. It was never done well. So for me, when I hear people like them talk, they have such hubris, the World Economic Forum, the IMF, you know, yes. have such hubris about how they're going to redesign the world to fit what they want as opposed to what God has designed. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Tracy, weigh in, please. Yes, I'm going to make two points, one natural and one spiritual. So on the natural side of this, in 2013, they passed a law that you can patent any type of synthetic DNA, and they call that seed DNA, copy DNA, or complementary DNA. And that's that triple helix. That's that three-strand DNA. And that's what the mRNA vaccine actually does because it goes in and it rewrites. Well, it doesn't rewrite. It goes in with the message that man has put into this cell in order for yourself to begin to copy that message instead of the message that God put in our DNA, which was the book that our members are written in from the very beginning. And so that's how you go in and recreate and redesign God's DNA that he already put in us. So now they're doing that on a physical, natural scale, but on the scriptural scale, the the spiritual scale of that goes all the way back to the Nephilim. In the very beginning, God said everything after its own kind, every seed in the earth, everything was after its own kind. That was the law that governed creation, period. And then you had the Nephilim come in, the giants that were before the flood and after the flood, and they came into the daughters of men. And then that seed got put in a perfect system that was already working, which was God's system of everything after its own kind. Well, so that just start to recreate what they put in there. This is how we got giants before and after the flood. And then the flood came and God instituted a new law to govern that first law, which was there would be no mixture of seed. No mixture of seed was to uphold the law of everything after its own kind so that there would be no mixing of anything. But today we have all this seed mixing uh, in plants, in people, in everything. Because when the when the flood came, God said, all flesh has corrupted itself upon the earth. That meant the flesh of plants, the flesh of animals, and the flesh of man. Because when you look in the apple and plants and things, you call the inside of the apple the flesh of it. You call the meat. You call the outside of fruit and, and vegetable skin. You know, you got the soul of a onion or the soul of a, um, uh, what do you call it? That's really, really, really strong garlic. That, that little sliver is called the soul of it. When you look at lettuce, when you get to that, that hard part of the lettuce, it's called the heart of the lettuce. When you get to potatoes, those are called eyes. My point is um, vegetables and fruits, it's called a flesh. God said, I've given you the fruit and the vegetables for your meat. 
Okay, that's what God says. So when he said all flesh has corrupted itself upon the earth, he meant all of it. And we're doing it all over again with this mRNA. Man is doing it all over again. So, yes. Go ahead, Kevin. Anything to add, please? Oh, she well, no, that's actually magnificent. I mean, she's actually laying it all out. I mean, listen, there are a number of books in our lives, from the Torah to the Quran to the Bible, that have been gateways to find what God what God want, wants us to do. These are the rules that we are abide by. Even before that, the comedic people had 142 confessions about how we should live our purposeful life, how we should be able to engage in our relationship with God. And I think the more we've gotten away, the more we've gotten away from that has done enormous damage to the future of this world. But the thing that I'm most concerned about is that when Tracy was talking, it would be interesting to see in our churches and in our in our faith life, are we having those kind of conversations? What I saw in the last several years, they abandoned God. They abandoned yes. the spirit of God. They walked away from God. They said, God is no more, longer useful for us. So anything that these evil people say to us, we will subscribe to that because that allows us to be able to be as debauchery, to dem I mean, to participate in debauchery at any level. I think this is all about us freeing ourselves or our people freeing themselves from the law of what God has given us so they can do the evil things that they've been doing since the beginning of time. There's always been this struggle. But this struggle is slightly different because we have the emergence of this new technology. We have this mm -hmm. whole thing that's happening that nobody's paying attention to that's now stripping us of even our con how conscious we should be about these things. So it really, I think that what Tracy is saying is that we got to go back to the basics. We have to go back to read these books. We have to go back to find our faith. And what the churches did, they clearly demonstrated that they are just what they are. They are religious institutions that are void of what God really wanted us to be about. That's about love. That's about family. That is about understanding our faith because that's an everyday journey, right? That's about how do we become better human beings? How do we thrive in the system that God created for us? How do we show love under the most extreme circumstances? How do we find the truth to be able to build the world that God wanted for us? I think what COVID has done, and I think what all of these captured organizations have done and what this failed government has done has put us on put us on the back of our heels so we can start to understand that this is what's true and this is not. We have to make a decision. Everybody's going to have to make a decision now. They can't hide and say, oh, we didn't know. The spiritual war is right here in front of you. And if you don't think this is a spiritual war, if you don't think that this is about balancing the universe, and if you don't think this is about finding God's consciousness and using your God courage to find God's consciousness, you're going to you will not you will not succeed in a new world. I really believe that. I'm not so concerned about James. I'm not so concerned about people, you know, not loving God. I'm concerned about people not being willing to find and see God's face for the right answer so they can make the right decisions about humanity. I'm with you, Kevin. Uh, Tracy, uh, you said something very interesting on maybe episode two or three in which uh -huh. God actually wants borders. Sovereignty does matter. Go ahead, Tracy. You want to elaborate and incorporate that point of view to what Kevin just said. Go ahead. Sure. <laughs> I don't remember the thing I was talking about. What did you say I said? All right. So 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 God has given like you know borders to the state of Israel, like to the country of Israel, to the to the Jewish people, you know, back in the old testament. And oh. and we need we need borders today, in the United States, we need borders on an individual basis, you know, individually, we need borders for families, right? This open border stuff is no good in the modern world. It, well, it, it isn't, but that's only for one reason, because in the beginning, God 
carved a people out for himself so he could show himself through. These are the people who are going to obey his precepts and everything. So you would, they made a difference between right and wrong. So you knew this, these people, you would like that scripture that says they will know that there is a living God in Israel. Okay. So that was the purpose of having these borders and walls and things. And because other nations wanted to kill them, you know, so we do have to have that difference. We do have to have that separation between right and wrong, good and evil people of God and people not of God, what I call the goat nation and the sheep nation. Okay. So that's the yep. whole reason why we would definitely have to have borders because we have to make an actual difference, period. That's the bottom line of it. A difference has to be there. I agree. So I'm going to do a PowerPoint right now with a few slides. When we get to the slides, I want each one of you to comment while the slides stay up there and we're going to rock and roll into this part of the show. So this is Beyond the Bible. This is with Kevin Jenkins. You see the, the picture of Mr. Handsome Kevin Jenkins on both sides of the screen, Tracy and I, and her book, The Foundation Scripture Studies. This is Beyond the Bible, the episode six, Finding God in the Digital Age. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have Tracy read because she's the one to develop the subtitle End Times Real Time. Tracy, if you have that available, can you read it for the audience? Yeah. Um, well, are you talking about what I, the, the end times thing, or are you talking about the premise of the show, period, beyond the Bible? Right. Uh, the, the, the entire show. Go ahead. What you okay. wrote. Yeah. Okay. So beyond the Bible, the show where we look beyond the book. If your mind has ever wandered beyond the scriptures of the Bible, this is the show for you, where we dig into extra biblical books, the what ifs, the unknown, the taboo, Join us on a journey of discovery to go where most churches won't, which is beyond the Bible. So very yeah. good. I, I got to tell you, I am very impressed by that because when I was looking at the title "Beyond the Bible," you know, mm -hmm. really, I, I got to tell you a brief story. You know, mm -hmm. I was going to be a priest. A, a lot of my close friends know that, right? But there was something that happened to me in school one day, and I was challenging challenging the Bible historically. I can do. I'm very capable of challenging every aspect of the Bible in from a historical perspective. And I would challenge my professors all the time, and I would tell them, "You're wrong. That's not how that happened, or that's not the year that it happened, and that's not the date that it happened." I was so full of hubris; it was just horrible. So anyway, but I knew I knew I was right. But that was not the point. So in the middle of the class, he said to me, Kevin, you might be right about all of that. I'll give you that. He said, but this book, the Bible or the Torah or the Quran or any other holy book, it is set up as a guide for you on your everyday faith journey. So when you read the Bible, when you read the Quran, when you read the Torah, just think of it that way. Because if you think of it that way, it would be a great guidepost for you morally, spiritually, physically. It will give you the ability to understand, you know, what has happened in the past. But how do you utilize the power of those words for the future to be a more divine human being? So the yeah. book is a guide. The, you know, when people use the book and beat you over the head with it, I'm like, you know what? That's not that's not a good use of the Bible. The good is no. for you to read, to understand those stories. And that is why when people say, you know, am I a Christian? Because I get that a lot. Am I Islamic? I get that a lot. I say, no, I am a son of God. Mm -hmm. You know, God lives in me. 
God lives in my heart. God lives in my breath. God lives in everything that I do. Every sense I have is connected to God. And so when you look at God that way, and be, when you say beyond the Bible, it mm -hmm. starts to get you to think, you know, yes. think not, not about the words, but how do you engage in that action? Because even for me, right. as I grew up, as I was growing up, I spiritually started to transform and I started to see things differently. And I started to embrace the word differently. And I was open to people differently. And I started saying to myself, this is what God wants you to do. You know, God wants you to open up your heart. God, but he didn't tell you to be stupid. I always tell you, God, I believe I'm an Old Testament guy, kind of guy. Kind of guy. I always tell my friends, I say, God, I got to tell you, I'm Old Testament. I mean, I'm, Jesus is still working on me. I'm an Old Testament guy. But we laugh about that. But it allows us to think beyond just using the Bible as a weapon, but using the Bible to give you a, a charge, give you something to look forward to, understanding what God did for us, understanding the value of life, understanding the value of children, understanding the value of your mother, what that means, how that's all connected, how that trilogy, that, tr that, that, you know, that not true. Yeah. How that trilogy connects us to something greater than who we are. And that's why when I saw the title Beyond the Bible, I loved it. I was like, you know what? I love this title because we can go so many different places with it. Grace and came up with the title. We had a different title. I forgot what it was. I uh, love it. Ago. I love it. She goes, no, James, we, you know, but so before we started any of the episodes, she goes, we got to call it Beyond the Bible. I said, okay, Tracy. And, you know, I, I completely trust her. You it's know, so she, important. She, she's uh, definitely yeah. centered in the right spot. She's got a creative juices, you know, but she can only do one thing at a time. I, I get it. You know, she, I'm, I'm in the, <laughs> Script report now, James. I'll get back to you tomorrow. I'll go on my marketing creative side. Okay, Tracy. And you know what? Boom. Yeah. The next day she had that. She told me while I was driving, I'm like blown away by it. I mean, it was very awesome. I think it's amazing because we have to. This is what happened in during COVID. You know, I mean, think about it. Mm -hmm. Everybody, all of these pastors. COVID's a blessing. Yeah, I tell you, guys, silver lining. I'm friends with you two. How awesome is that? It really is. It really, you know, James, one of the things I said, and James used to hear me say this, Tracy, you know, mm -hmm. they zoomed in Jesus. They forgot about Jesus. The, the the devil told them to zoom in Jesus and they zoomed in Jesus. And as soon as they told them to open up their churches and take the devil's money, they did. So they were co-conspirators. You know, they said, don't believe in God. Yeah. Don't believe anything I told you every Sunday. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and we got yeah. the perfect name for that, Kevin. And let me continue back with the uh, okay. slide presentation because we're going to dive into it. It's only three slides that, that are. We will get going. Great points, Kevin. Here we go. So this is important. God is love. So we have to come to know and to believe love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides by it abides in God and God abides in him. So it's first John 4 16. Tracy, on the last episode, you said something remarkable. I brought mm -hmm. up the first covenant of, of, of God to the uh, God's children, the people of the earth through Moses, 10 commandments. And then Jesus, yeah. I said the second covenant and no, James, you correct me, which you were right. You said it's the last covenant and you had two reasons for it and all surrounded by love. Please repeat that for Kevin. Yeah, because when you look at um, I forgot the address of the verse, but um, when you when you're looking on there's Matthew um something when you're looking on there, a guy asked God, asked Jesus, he says, and Jesus is God. He asked Jesus, "What is the greatest commandment?" And he says, "Well, there are two: love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and the second is likened unto the first: love your neighbor as yourself." 
And, and it says, all the laws and the prophet hang on these two commandments. That is it. So those commandments were consolidated. All the law, because even though we were born in sin, Jesus wasn't born in sin. He was born in law. He was born in law. But the Bible says he didn't come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. So he didn't do away with it. He fulfilled it. The Bible says nobody else could. They were all saying, even our forefathers can't fulfill this. But Jesus fulfilled it. And because he did, he was able to institute another covenant, which is the last covenant, which is the one, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, love your neighbor as itself. So, yes. Go ahead, Kevin. Well, I mean, I mean, I was not, I didn't even think about that, Tracy. You gave me something to think about all day today. And I think that's where we have to decide who we are as human beings. Do we subscribe to that covenant of love? Do we subscribe to that covenant of, you know, worshiping God? Because that really, actually, we were only created to worship God. We weren't created to worship self. You know, it's really interesting. People say, well, why, why, why were we created? Well, when we created to worship God, we have one duty in life, and that's to honor God. Not to honor man, not to honor any, it's to honor God, to worship God, to understand in, in a deep way, to connect with God in a deep way, makes us the people that we are today. So those two covenants, I got to tell you, Trace, I didn't remember that, but I'm going to be talking about that today. And remember that because actually God is love, right? Yes, love is God. So. Right. So if we understand that God is love and love is God and we understand that and that that covenant, those two covenants, right, that Jesus was talking about allows us to be better human beings. So we won't destroy yeah. the earth, that we won't destroy our children, where we won't destroy the things that were given to us to thrive in this world. People tell me all the time, well, Kevin, you know, I'm going to get all of my blessings when I go to heaven. I'm like, that's not how that works. I'm sorry to break the bad news to you. Either you live according and, and accordingly in this life and you go through the experiences that God has given us to go through, those trials and tribulations. I don't know what you're going to do in heaven. If you can't do it here and if you can't be a better person here and if you can't see God's face here, if you can't show love to other human beings here and if you can't embrace the truth, well, I don't know what heaven's going to do for you. <laughs> so I'm always fascinated by that, you know, and Black Americans in particular, they're always waiting for, you know, their death to get their glory or their death to get their happiness. And I'm like, guys, you're reading the wrong Bible. I think you need to go back and look at this because that's not what anyone was talking about. You have mm -hmm. to understand that we're walking this earth as living testimonies to God's grace and mercy. Yeah, yes. this slide here is fascinating because this is why the show's named Beyond the Bible. There's uh, many books in the Bible, uh, you know, Enoch 1 and 2, there's... As Rodas, uh, there is Jubilees, there's uh, the Gospel of Thomas. There's several books in the Bible left out. And a lot of them showed up in the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls, which means he's a second witness, which means these books weren't invented, uh, you know, in the, in, the, in the Vatican or anything like this, right? They were actually books, but they were kept out for lots of reasons. Well, I have a question mark down here, you know, above my head for a reason. Because if you go to God's culture, Kevin, and Tracy, and the audience, go to YouTube, go to God's culture, they believe in reading all these left-out books that actually, of all things, what? What do, they, what, do they, what do they actually believe? They believe that the Garden of Eden is in the Philippines, where my wife's from. They, they believe that even Solomon's uh, gold mines were in the Philippines. They explain things. They don't believe the Earth is tectonic plates at all the the all the you know, 
deep scarring underneath the oceans were actually the four rivers in Genesis. I mean, it, it's just, it's fascinating. So even though the, the current 66 books in the Bible cover these countries down there, India, pretty fascinating, Burma, it looks like to me, right? The red is Turkey, obviously, right? Which is, you know, Mesopotamia, Istanbul, whatever you want to call it. And then you got North, North uh, East Africa, and you got uh, the Roman Empire, France, and Spain. I, I just find this map fascinating because it covers only the 66 books in the Bible. And I put a question mark out there because I don't know the truth. I don't know if Garden of Eden is located in the Philippines, but if it is located in the Philippines or was, guess what? Archaeology has been looking in the wrong spot for the entire last couple of thousand years. <laughs> Go ahead, Tracy. Weigh in and then Kevin. Well, this is my take on the entire thing, because there are a lot of extra biblical books that I've not read. I've read a few like Book of Enoch, Book of Thomas and whatnot. Um, but my this is my mindset about it all. I've studied the Bible a lot. And God told me, you know, and when I say God, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit told me to go beyond the Bible, go beyond the book, because God is not boxed in nor is he booked in okay and when i was in prayer god told me he never intended for the bible to become an idol never intended for the bible to become an idol and so i don't cap myself with thinking that everything that is inside the holy bible the scripture is all that there is even it says it's not even it says itself that everything jesus did could not be put in this book okay so i don't cap myself um, when I talk like this to people in the church, they ask me, and this has happened, they've asked me, do I know who Jim Jones is? Meaning, I'm going to talk you back off the ledge because you're telling me to go beyond the Bible. God told me not to be scripture bound. There are things that he's still saying that is not in the scripture. Paul said, we're living epistles. He said, I have no uh, letters of commendation. You are my letter of commendation. God is still speaking. So everything is still being written. And I know I'm the living word of God. And what I mean by that, we just like Jesus said, I come in the volume of the book thereof. It is written of me. Doesn't mean that the book itself is God, but it means it's written of him that he actually says what that meant. But it means that he's bigger than it. Yeah, there's the, the logos, which is eternally fixed in heaven. It will never change. Yeah, there's the rhema, which is the key, the living word of God, meaning everything that's being said, meaning that living word of God is real and it cannot be contained in the Bible. So I'm not against all these other books because God was speaking and God is still speaking now. So I don't cap myself off from any of that stuff. I leave myself open for revelation. That's my take on it. Wow. Go ahead, Kevin. I'm not saying talk that, but uh, join in because you can't talk I, I, I could just <laughs> listen to her all day. But it's, it's very interesting. I've gone through that, Tracy, all of my life, which yes. you, you go through. And, you know, I, I, I tell you a little joke. Every time somebody beats me to head with a lot of scripture, I said, you don't believe in God. <laughs> they was like, Kevin, what? I said, you don't believe in God. I said, because if you really believed in God, our conversation would be different. It's about us connecting with each other. So you're right. So beyond the Bible allows us to open up our, our yes. as, as, as the African would say, your third eye. So you can get to understand the whole essence of what God really, really is. So mm -hmm. I, some of the things that happened to me lately, you know, because I'm grounded in so many aspects of faith, you know, when people look at what, how the Africans had worshipped prior to becoming slaves, they called the way that they worshipped something negative. When in fact, the Native American and the African understood that God was in everything. 
God was in the breeze. God was in the plant. God was in the earth. God was in all things that are relevant to our universe, right? And when you have, and when people see certain symbols, I got to tell you, I, I just went through this. They said, oh, that was demonic. I said, well, no, you don't know anything about that. Because if you understand the African, uh, the African experience and what their faith was before, you know, they were taken as slaves, something else magical happened. I mean, so so they understood, they carried God and their experience with God all the way through their slave journey, all the way through the crisis that they have gone. And when they open up their own black churches, people call it the black church. I get very upset about that because I don't think people understand why those Africans or those descendants of slaves built those churches. Well, so, so they built them so they could worship God in their own way, so they can link together, find their faith together, find their power together, so they can preserve their families and build a better world, not just for them, but for the rest of the planet. And they were yes. great examples. And I tell people, you have to go beyond those books. Those books are the guide that will allow mm -hmm. you to open up your mind. It's like, it's a story about Buddha. I tell you this, because um, I read all of this and this is, I'm paraphrasing now. Buddha was on his last leg, Tracy, James, mm -hmm. and he had done everything to see God's face. I mean, he ate one pea a day, one seed a day. He starved himself. He burnt himself. He did everything. Now, here's a man that could have been a king or a spiritual leader, so he decided to be a spiritual leader because he understood the horrors of what was happening in the world. So to make a long story short, he goes on his final day. He's, he's nostalgic. He's like, oh, my God, I left my family. I left this. This is how deep God is, right? And so he's at his last lay, and I believe an angel who came to him that day and tended to him and fed him and bathed him because he was just done. He was done. He was starting to have doubts. He was like, what did I do? So he gets cleaned up and he goes underneath the Bodhi tree. And then he starts to meditate to find the center of his faith, uh, find God's face or see God's face or to seek that energy. He's under the Bodhi tree and he is meditating. He is praying. Now, what happens? Uh, you know, this is just a great story. What happens? The devil starts to tempt him, Tracy. The devil does the same thing over and over again to all of us, right? So he yeah. goes beyond his he goes beyond his limited consciousness and he transcends. And mm -hmm. the devil knew that he was on to something, right? The devil knew, oh my God, he's going to unlock the code, Tracy. That's like beyond the Bible, unlocking the code, right? And so what happens? The devil just tempts him with everything, James. And then the devil, he gives up. The devil says, how how would anybody know that you 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 tapped into this the spirit that that you tapped in that you're in? He said the earth will know. And what I thought I got out of that was that our our what we do on this planet, what we how we connect to each other on this planet, how we preserve our humanity on this planet is where God wanted us to be. He didn't want us to be trapped in those words. He wanted us to right. utilize those words to give us power. Right. So we right. can preserve and save and build on our faith that he's given us. And that's yeah. why every time I look at this thing and it says beyond the Bible, I say, man, we could talk about this all day. I got to go back and get my books and start reading, Tracy. You're going to force me to go do some homework. But <laughs> I just got to tell you, it's a beautiful thing to have people talking about God and talking about how do we connect to what God has given us? Because that's nowhere. When I turn on TV, and I hear the pastors on TV and they're talking, you know what I do, Tracy? I turn it off now. I said, they, they're not talking. They're not, they're not talking. You're just reading scripture. Yep. That you can is, do that yeah. on your own, people. You know, yeah. and I said to myself, I said, it doesn't, 
it doesn't, you know, but yesterday, Tracy, I was listening to gospel music. I'm a big gospel music nut. I got that from my grandmother, Lily Mae. And I was um, listening to, um, um, her name is Bynum. And she was singing this song, Waiting on the Lord. Right? Juanita. And she did this whole big, wonderful concert with Jonathan, I forgot his name, the guitar player. And they did this thing, um, Waiting on the Lord. So I said, Gail, me and my wife were sitting there watching it because we love gospel. I said, Gail, I said, you know, when somebody tells me they don't believe in God, I tell them to listen to gospel music. Go listen to that, those words and those songs that listen to what they're trying to say to you. You don't have to necessarily get it from the Bible, but just listen to what Bynum is saying, waiting on the Lord. I'm going to wait on the Lord, you know? And I think that if we go beyond the Bible, we get there. We get right centered enough where we understand what truth is. You know, we understand yeah. what love is. We understand the power of we. And and I, I got to yeah. tell you, thank you I, for having me come on that. Yeah, I was anticipating I say this. One, one last thing on this subject. And another reason why God told me to go beyond the Bible is the simple fact that there were people that have relationships with God before the Bible was written. You yes. see what I'm saying? So That's the relationship right. was already there. And there are people in this world right. right now who've never seen a Bible who have a deeper and closer manifested relationship with God than some of these pastors over here who've been in the Bible their whole life. And so that's another reason why God said, go beyond it. There, I have relationships with people who have never read the Bible in their life. And so you got to be able to connect with them and not box yourself in, not be scripture bound, which they would behead me in a church. They would scream blasphemy in a church if they heard me say that God told me not to be scripture bound. And so that's why God told me I'm a walking contradiction to today's church because Good. I go well, where they stay. Well, that's well, we what Christ was. That's what Christ work for you. Gonna work for both you, churchianity, and let me pull up the last <laughs> yeah. image, the last main image. Of yeah, the go ahead, James. <laughs> I love this. I'm here all day. <laughs> My friend calls churches entertainment centers. That's what. <laughs> yeah. Here's the word, Kevin. Churchianity support for Israel genocide and cheers for the Talmud. So I have not read this book, American Milk and Honey. But what we're talking about is not the people, not the Hebrews, not the Jewish people, not the Christians, not the you know, Islam, not the people living in the land of, of Israel or Jordan or anything like that. What they're talking about is the synagogue of Satan, which is mentioned twice yeah. in the book of Revelation. Is that kind of true, uh, Tracy? Oh, it ain't kind of true. It is true. Uh, Revelations two and three. Yes, it says that those who say they, those who say that they are Jews and are not, but do lie. That's the second part of that. It says, but do lie. And then it says those who are over there in the land right now who are the synagogue of Satan, but say they are Jews. So yeah, that's exactly what scripture says. I love the word churchianity because it's the uh, it's a virtue sig- signaling of Christianity. Go ahead, Kevin. Well, I, I got to, Tracy, I got to get on the phone with you. You, you got to talk <laughs> because you're, you're, you're really getting me. No, I, I really, I'm so proud of the fact that we are able to have this conversation and not be boxed yeah. in by all of this dogma that's happening out in the world. You know, one of the things I learned after traveling, look, I've had a private audience with the Pope. You know, I've done a lot of different things in my life, but the interesting thing about it is it was all imagery. It was it didn't get me closer to God. You know, this was all done and maintained by man so they can keep their authority over us. So yes. I never bought into it, but I always was there to listen and learn and to understand where they were coming from. But one of the things that I'm starting to figure out now, there is a new, there is a new energy around faith that's happening in this world 
that I'm so excited about. You know, if you'd have talked to me three years ago, I might have not been paying attention to it, but there's this rebirth. You know, some people are getting it in different ways, but it's all bringing us to the same place. It's all giving us the opportunity to talk to each other and experience what that love of God really, really means. So even when you talk about what's happening in um, the Middle East, what you're talking about, the iconography of all of these, if you go to Germans, their they're Christ looks white. If you go here, all of that has nothing to do with God. That is only only a, that is only marketing material to make you think that you're closer to God in some unique way so you could go and conquer and kill other people. That is not what the Bible says. That is not any of that. And so when people start to talk to me about it, like, wait a minute, guys, are we talking about your desire to kill and, and, and control or are we talking about God? Because all of the land in this world, every spot, every little place, if it's the Atlantic, if it's the, what, whatever it is, it's all of God's land. It's not yours. It's not yours to take. It's not yours to, to, to destroy. This is God's world. And see, with this whole issue of free will, I think, you know, we make excuses when we say, oh, God gave us free will. No, I, I, I'm pushing back on that. God gave us a job to do, and that was to protect his grand design and to worship him. All of that other stuff, you're inserting. Don't bring that to me. You know, because our job is to worship God alone. Not to worship the Bible, not to worship the Torah, not to worship the Quran. It is to worship God alone. It is not to talk about Judaism, Christianity, because I still don't know any what those words mean anymore. Those oh, words, churchianity. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying, Tracy? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, where yeah, do you yeah. get these words from? So somebody say, well, Kevin, are you a Christian, Kevin? Are you a Muslim, Kevin? Oh, you? sacrilege, Kevin. Watch <laughs> out. I know. So I laugh about that. I said, well, why do I have to be any of those things? Why? I don't walk into churches to this day. I mean, you know, they have to drag me in, Kevin, Tracy. Kevin, to your point, you know, I was born with a defective hip, so I was in the crib longer than I should have been, right? Because I, I crawled for 20 months of my life, all of that. It was a, it's a beautiful story that's for another day. But the point is, one of my first memories, not the first, but the clearest memory I ever had at, at a very young age, 18 months, I got up in the crib, and because I had a bad left hip, I hand over hand, my little hands on the crib. I remember this going around. I look at my parents' bed going around, and I'm this beautiful English tutor on a house overlooking a country club in 1961. And it's green everywhere, and it's beautiful. And even though it was raining, it was, wow. You know, basically, I know my parents created me. I was just, <laughs> I understood this subconsciously. I go, but who created this? Yeah. The relationship with God didn't need a Bible, didn't need a church, yeah, didn't need a minister, see? pastor. I already had a connection from basically day one. Yeah, well, it's, it's just a mere fact that both of you had the courage to even start a show like this. It just really? goes to show you the time that we're in. That yes. you, you know, Tracy, I came up with something in my heart when I was on the road because I've traveled 700 and some odd thousand miles. I can't even keep up how many miles I've traveled now. But one mm -hmm. of the things I started realizing, Tracy, well, we missed the point. This was not about what the government was doing to us. This was about our lack of faith and how we valued our relationship with God. So, you know, in order for us to do that, you have to seek God's face for the right answer. And when you seek God's face for the right answer, you actually find your God consciousness. And when you find your God consciousness, then you find your God courage. And so while so many people are not standing up against the tyranny of our time, if you want to say spiritual tyranny, human tyranny, it's because they lost a connection to God's consciousness. And when you lose that connection, you lose your God courage. 
And when yeah. I see people standing on a line and falling victim to this, I say they don't know God. They can't. So, so when you when I say God, God is this, right? Inhale, exhale. That because that's how you get closer to the spirit of God, right? If you just close your eyes and you just inhale and exhale. You know, one of my um, teachers when I was growing up said, Kevin, where do you think God resides? And I gave him a bunch of bull crap because I'm trying to sound intellectual. <laughs> it was just a joke. It was so stupid. Now that I'm older, I just laugh at myself, right? He said, God is within. God That's is scripture. right there in your heart. So it's if scripture. you can understand that, then you are connected to your God consciousness. And when I yes. was on stage saying that, it started working on me. Right, Tracy? I was like, I got to get better. I got to, you All know, us. Gotta, you know, it, it just really was a very helpful experience. Yes. Someone said to me, Tracy, the other day, said, well, Kevin, you seem so calm. I said, oh, really? I said, well, about time. I've been crazy for the 60 years. <laughs> God, I'm calm now, right? So he was laughing. About, about time. Like yeah, right, about time, right. And so I said, you know why I'm so calm? Because how can I dispute the beauty of what God has done for me? And my family. How can I dispute? How could I even challenge? How could I be less than what Job was? Job was challenged. Job never cursed God. God, you never cursed him. If I can remember, even though his wife told him to Thank curse you. God and die. Thank you. So, Go so ahead, Tracy, I, I, I say that Tracy, I say that to say that God is, you know, so overwhelming. But when I started going through that experience, I really mm -hmm. had to do some self-assessment. And yeah. so she said, well, you never get angry about anything. I said, because I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt that if I look in the last three years and I look to now, God has done nothing but magical things to the world and to me and to my family. You know, I lost my brother, but we are moving forward because we understand the loss is not permanent. And that yeah. is what we found. That's what we learned from my grandmother. That's mm -hmm. what we learned. My grandmother was a spiritualist and she mm -hmm. taught us every day. Because she had to teach us every day because we were rough boys, you know, playing football and all that kind of stuff. But she always wanted to give us a deeper understanding of how to pray, how to yeah. love, how to understand God. And whatever they're telling you, Kevin, take with a grain of salt. <laughs> That's what she basically said. Go ahead, you know, Tracy. Well, I think, you know, when COVID hit, it exposed so much. There was a lot of churches that shut down. I'm saying this because I know that... um one of the topics was going to be about COVID. So I just wanted to take what you were saying, Kevin, to that, because you had this great foundation that your grandma installed in you. But when, when it got, when it get, when it came down to COVID, it showed what everybody was made of. It showed what these churches was made of. It showed what individuals was made of, because if you didn't have church and you had nowhere to go, then people had to turn into themselves. And it really, um, whatever relationship you have with God, that's what manifested, whether it was weak or whether it was strong. I have a scripture that governs me. I have a few that governs me. But when Paul said the righteous are bold as lions, that governs my constitution. I am bold because of that. Paul said, as I believe, I speak. I speak the way I do because I believe what I'm saying, because I believe what God said about me. And so that's why I'm bold as I am. And that's why I speak the way I do. And that's why even when COVID hit, I was still going. And it made me go in deep and just really think about everything and come up with, you know, the fact where God was telling me, you don't need the church, not in the sense of because the church is the body of people, not in the sense of because the scripture says 
don't forsake the assembling of yourself. So not in, in the sense of just being a, you know, a, a somebody that's all by yourself, because that's not the point. But, and I forgot what my point was about to be. <laughs> all right. Were you, let, me just, question. Uh, let me ask you a question. Were you ever, did you ever feel alone in those three years? I'm going to tell you when I did feel alone. I felt alone when God stopped speaking to me. And I'm saying it this way for a reason. Um, it was, it's, it, I was writing my book. I had just finished writing that book that he showed you. Not, not the second one, but the first one, the Foundation Scripture Studies. When I finished writing that book, God stopped speaking to me. And he didn't speak for three years. And then I, he spoke once to say, move to Tulsa. I was in Topeka, Kansas. I had never lived in Tulsa. Didn't know nobody here. I just came here, went straight to a homeless shelter. Me and my 11-year-old son at the time. I, I came here on his word and his word alone. And after I got here to Tulsa, he began to speak to me. And I said, God, why did you stop speaking to me? Because when he wasn't speaking to me, I felt like David in the scripture where David said, be not silent to me, O Lord, or my soul will go down to the grave. David felt like he was going to die because God was not speaking. That's how I felt. Because once I got to Tulsa and he began to speak to me again, I said, God, why did you stop speaking to me? I felt like I was going to die. He said, I moved up and you didn't move with me. So he didn't stop speaking to me. When he went, I just didn't go. And I said, well, never again. So when it, so when COVID hit, I did not, I, even though um, I felt like, oh gosh, what is going on? You know, people are just, everything is shutting down. When COVID hit, it was one of my most intense times with God. Because everybody was separating and then they had this vaccine stuff came out and everybody was turning on each other. I would go to the church to give a or dissertation or presentation on the vaccine, how the scripture said not to mix these seeds. I laid it all out, everything that God said. I didn't care what the government said. I'm telling the church what God said. Don't take this vaccine, okay? So we had people turn on each other that took the vaccine saying, uh, you can't come to grandma's house. She's old. You took the vaccine, so you can't come visit grandma. All that type of stuff was happening. So with me, I was getting stronger and stronger and stronger in my revelation and elevation in God because I had to turn into myself and really get to know him and his voice. And so that's what happened with me. Everything well, got you know, it's really, it's really, You said something, I tried to I tried to remember it. I'm getting old, I can't remember it, but <laughs> you were spot on though. You, you, you're, you're really spot on. And the reason I asked that question is, is because ahead, I didn't have a chance to, to be afraid of anything because I was moving. Like I traveled all through COVID. I was everywhere. It's like God was putting me to work. But you said something about when God stopped talking to you. That yes. right there, you know yes. what? That right there is something I understand. Just recently, I was like walking. I do a spiritual walk every day. And I had to mm -hmm. get God back in to the God energy because I believe that I was so focused on the earthly stuff that I was working on that I'm, mm -hmm. I was missing the point. I really, today, I got to tell you, Tracy, that happened to me. I actually didn't do it the way or said it the way you said it, but I was like, what in the heck? And you know mm -hmm. what's going on, and you know what, yeah. you know what, that's what happened. You got you helped me today. That's yeah. what happened. I didn't go. I didn't continue to move up. Yeah, he moved. I got, and, I got, I got yeah. right back into the earthly things that I'm so comfortable. Right. And you know what? Right. And that's what that's what meaning beyond the Bible because you have to yes. constantly every day work at it. Yo, you every do. Day. That's really. Yeah, I got to tell you, lady, you really helped me today. Just let me briefly interject. God or the Holy Spirit's never spoken to me. 
God has God has shown signs throughout my entire life. And whenever mm-hmm. I strayed off the narrow path, he he basically brought me back, always brought me back. You know, What's you have dreams here. Speaking. I have ambitions. So that's just, you know, so I don't have direct conversation, but he shows me things. I asked for, for things. I asked for help a couple of times and he helped me yeah. both times. Like yeah, because you have different ways of speaking, different Thank ways you. of communicating with you. Yes. And, 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 Thanks, and Tracy. James, James and Tracy, this yeah. is where God does his greatest work for me because I'm a communicator. I talk too damn much. I just talk. because <laughs> It's just my business. It's just what we do. I can't. I, it's yeah. just what we do, right? God gave yeah. me a gift of articulation and I'm honored, yeah. right? I hope I use it correctly. But you know how God speaks to me? It's like a whisper. It's like, and that's the, I always told my, I told my sister, I said, Robin, you know, God's grace and great grace is very interesting. It's like a whisper. It's like, you know, that's when you know that you're, you're living in a grace moment that you, you actually listen, mm-hmm. you, you, that breeze. I said, it's always been that way, but for me, wow. I can yeah. lay, laying in the bed and all of a sudden it'll be this whisper all of a sudden, you know what? And I was deemed crazy on every time I stood up for something, Tracy, I was crazy. Mm-hmm. I said, that me man too, is crazy. Me too. That, right. <laughs> you too, right? Yeah. So that, they call me a witch. They call me brainwashed. They call me all new age. They call me all kinds of stuff. You're none of the above. Saying. Look, we have five yeah. minutes left. Okay. Kevin, we're definitely bringing you back in, in December. Okay. Tracy, and I, I love, love you. It. I we're love it. Bring you back. Um, Tracy asks a question, then we'll talk about what Kevin's doing now. Go ahead and ask a question for Kevin. Okay, so you said, um, because I just recently watched one of your interviews, and you said- my interviews? Oh my God, did I- I, I did, the one, the one with um, Grace I sent and a few. Mark. Yeah. I, I, I like where you said, um, we chose politics over ownership. We oh. should have maintained our ownership, and we could have driven and directed our politics. I love when you said that, because it's true. Yeah. Well, you you know, one of the things that I've been blessed, Tracy, is to live a complete life. I've lived mm-hmm. a very blessed, privileged life, no matter what the How trials many and tribulations. Say that a complete I, life. Okay. I mean, I've I've lived. I live, and he's still I'm, going for another forty or fifty. Let's yeah, go. I know. But yeah. you know, the reason I say that because I've had to do some real personal assessment of my group. You know what it means to be black American, what it means to understand, you know, where we are, where we came from, understanding what our ancestors fought for, understand yeah. sitting in the forest, you know, for hours to go and vote, not because they were voting for a Democrat and Republican, they were voting for their interest. And, yeah. and I think black Americans in this country have gotten away from, you know, their relationship, not only with God and what God really represents, but we've gotten away from understanding who we are. The you know, understanding that black excellence is not a crime, not accepting these sub sub subcultures as the gateway to riches or the gateway to some popularity. We have perverted our ourselves and we have to get back to the truth. We we have failed. We have failed our community. We have failed Martin Luther King. We have failed Malcolm X. We have failed failed Ida B. Um, um, well, we we have failed Ida B. Well, we have failed Marcus Garvey. We have failed G. We have failed. And the thing that I'm so pissed about is that we're still, you know, out here trying to just to, to, to suggest it is somebody else's fault at this. Right, point. be a victim out here trying to. We're be a not victim. a. I'm not a victim. My people, my yep. people that I come from are not victims. We are owners. Yep, me right? neither. Not yeah. victims. We know God. Not victims. Yes. So I'm trying to get my people to understand that we have to take back our health. You know, you can't talk about economic prosperity without health. Health That's and right. prosperity 
walk goes hand in hand. And if you understand the Bible when you go beyond that, it even talks about how you should live your life, right? Yep. How you should yes. protect your health. And we've gotten away from that. We are now in this system of evil that if we don't start to tell the truth, it's going to wipe us out. We're going to be enslaved forever. And I want to tell everybody at home that it, not only were we enslaved, but all of us are enslaved now. Yes. And mm -hmm. Only power is to go beyond the Bible and find the truth of what God wants to give us. So I didn't know. I don't remember that um, that interview. Yeah. But we did get away. Tracy, we did do it. Every other yeah. group in this world built wealth and built power and built to, 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 to really participate in politics. We thought politics yeah. was the gateway to ownership, and it wasn't. And I can go. Yeah. I can go into that chapter and verse about how we did that. But yep. thank you for acknowledging that I said that because I can't remember all the time. Last thing I want to say to you, last thing I want to say, ahead. one more thing. You said, you said, Kevin, you said you don't do a lot of shows anymore because they don't represent your state of mind. When you said that, I was like, okay, I'm going to be really excited to have him on because you said more than once, you, you said we don't fight to protect, you know, the Constitution Republic. We're not fighting to protect, you know, a democracy or the church. We're fighting to protect God's grand design. When I heard you say that, God's grand design, I was like, okay, he's about original intent. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely glad yeah, that I got to meet you today. So, yeah, I knew. No, I have to. I have to. You want to have to send me next book you by buy a text after the show that's for sure number yeah. one number two kevin we've got a minute left talk about talk to people what you're doing you know the, the next month and into next year go ahead but what i'm what i'm what i'm working on right now tracy and james is building a company that's focused on um creating a wellness revolution not just for black communities but in particular black communities around the world if it's in africa wherever we are we're in morocco one of the things that i realized after being on the road is that we are the sickest people and the most experimented people on the planet we yeah. are still being commoditized we're still buying this narrative that they are right they can tell us what to do with our bodies now my ancestors james my grandmother and all of them would have never bought into this they would have never took their medicine they would have never drunk their poison they would have never done anything and that's why we were much more healthier but now yeah. we have a whole generations, several generations, diabetes, heart mm -hmm. disease. And you know what they tell us, Autism James? from my son. Autism, yep. but, oh, but wait a minute. One in 10, I think it's one in 10 in New Jersey. I think it's a, um, a it's union. Insane. It's insane. So, but what the thing that I find fascinating is no one was having that conversation. No one was saying, we have to reclaim our health. We have to reclaim wellness. We have to, because you can't have prosperity without that. You can't That's talk right. about this whole thing that we're trying to save and preserve in this world without understanding that. So my job, Tracy, this year and beyond is to go mm -hmm. back into those communities and create a wellness re revolution, right? A wellness yeah. revolution. And I'm going to need yeah. you to do that. Yeah. I'll still help yeah. out, Kevin. I'll make sure it happens. Love you both. Thank yes. you. Guys. I love my neighbors and I love <laughs> God. Thank That's you. We'll right. see you next That's time. Thanks, Thanks, Tracy. We'll see you next week. Love you. Thank you, guys. All right. Love you, too. God bless. Bye. Bye. Bye.